President Biden visits Texas for an up-close look at the situation on the border, where he went, who he met, and how people there responded to his visit. And lawmakers prepare for the start of the new legislative session, how a booming budget could clear the way for improvements to water systems in Texas. After a gorgeous end to the weekend, we'll show you how quickly we jump into the 80s in a new work week. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. President Joe Biden traveled to El Paso today. It is his first trip as president to the U.S.-Mexico border. The move comes days after his administration announced new restrictions on asylum seekers amid record numbers of migrants attempting to cross into the U.S. But Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who met President Biden at the airport today, gave him a letter outlining ways Republicans believe the administration's border policies have failed. Republicans have repeatedly criticized the president for not traveling to the southern border sooner and for what they say are ineffective policies under his administration. During his visit, the president assessed enforcement operations at the Bridge of the Americas port entry. Biden also visited the El Paso County Migrant Services Center and met with community members. Biden is expected to call for Republicans in Congress to fully fund his request for border security resources, as well as work toward comprehensive immigration reform. That's according to White House officials. The president is wrapping up his visit to El Paso. You're taking a live look at Air Force One on the tarmac at the city's airport. He was scheduled to leave a short time ago, but he is slightly behind schedule there in El Paso. Well, the president's next stop is Mexico City, where he will attend the North American Leader summit. Our Ryan Chandler is in El Paso with a closer look at the response to the president's visit. Outside the Sacred Heart Church here in downtown El Paso, this is the scene these people say they want the president to see. Despite the number of people waiting for help here going down over the last week, there are still hundreds of men, women, and children waiting for answers. Many of them still sleeping outside, relying on the care of volunteers for food and shelter. We spoke to one man named John who had a long journey from Venezuela. So we know that we brought a lot. But if we have an opportunity, we can make a different things. For example, I would like to work because I have a family. I would like to help my family, also myself, to change my life. President Biden heads now to a leadership summit in Mexico City. But as he leaves El Paso, the people here hope that he carries their message with him. In El Paso, Ryan Chandler, back to you. And El Paso is still under a state of emergency after the number of migrants crossing spiked in mid-December, but those numbers have dropped significantly in the past few weeks. In the week of December the 11th, Border Patrol agents apprehended an average of more than 2,200 migrants each day. At the end of that week, the mayor declared a state of emergency. The next week saw National Guard troops close off a popular illegal crossing. The number of apprehensions dropped to around 1,500 per day. The week after after Christmas saw another decline with just over 1,100 migrants apprehended each day. Also, the Supreme Court issued a ruling keeping Title 42 restrictions in place at the border. The average dropped even more after the new year began to around 850 per day through the first five days of this week. This is a big week in Texas politics. Lawmakers will return to the state capitol on Tuesday to start the next legislative session. But one of the key moments shaping the path of the session happened 
elections on Monday. That's when State Comptroller Glenn Hager will reveal the biennial revenue estimate. It tells lawmakers how much money they'll have to spend as they work on the state budget. Hager has said that the state will have more money available than ever before. Some lawmakers have suggested using part of that money to fund improvements to the state's water infrastructure. Broken mains and water plant failures have caused problems across the state. State of Texas host Josh Hinkle spoke with John Harchuk, Senior Vice President for Policy and Advocacy for the nonprofit Texas 2036, about the need for improvements. You know, our state has um, faced in recent years some very high profile challenges. Um, historically, we thought a lot about the availability of water, and that is still a long term challenge for us, but also the physical infrastructure. When we have cities across the state that are dealing with uh, bursting pipes, leaking pipes, pumps, all these challenges, the water boil notices in Houston and Austin and Midland and Laredo, these are big systemic problems that are going to take investment that uh, much easier to address on the front end than waiting until the crisis occurs to address. You can see more from our in-depth pre-session coverage on State of Texas. We're also digging into the outlook for property tax reform legislation. That's coming up tonight at 9.30 on the CW Austin. Texas is on top as the state with the most new residents moving in. That's according to recent estimates from the U.S. Census Bureau. More than 470,000 people moved to Texas between July 2021 and July 2022. That's bumped the state's population to more than 30 million people. The Census Bureau has not released 2022 estimates for counties and cities just yet, but according to 2021 numbers, Houston is the largest city in Texas with more than 2.2 million residents, followed by San Antonio and Dallas. Austin and Fort Worth round out the top five, each with more than 900,000 residents. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Certainly with weather like we had today, it's easy to see why, right? This is how it looks from our Rock and Dirt Yard camera in Buda, where we've dropped into the mid-60s. And most of us are still in the mid-60s here after reaching just about 70 for highs here today. Clouds and radar is clear locally, but there's some clouds to the west of us. Those will be streaming in here uh, toward the late evening. So we'll go mostly clear in 60 at 7 with a partly cloudy sky at 9 and 11 as we drop through the 50s. Um, it's going to be a pleasant but slightly cool night here for us. Coming up in first warning weather, we'll track some extra clouds coming our way for tomorrow, but show you that sunniest part of the day too. We've got 80s in the seven day for more than one day. We'll highlight the warmth and whether we have any chances for rain. Thanks, Nixie. In a bit, the Pflugerville ISD Board of Trustees is discussing the possibility of some major changes to balance out attendance in the school district. We've told you how the district is dealing with declining enrollment in some areas while also seeing strong growth in other parts. The district has laid out a series of proposals to adjust to the changes, including the possibility of closing some elementary campuses. This week, they're holding several community meetings to discuss the proposals. The first two are tomorrow night. There will be separate presentations at Dessau Elementary School and at Hendrickson High School. Both presentations are scheduled at 6.30 Monday evening. Well, today is your last chance to have a say in the future of one of Austin's crown jewels, Zilker Park. The city of Austin is asking for feedback on its draft Zilker Park vision plan. It's a framework for the restoration and future development of the 350-acre park. The plan includes an underground parking garage and a sky bridge over Barton Springs Road. 
It's just a vision plan for now. Funding has not been allocated toward any of the projects, but today is your last chance to review the plan and give your thoughts. We have links to do that in this story on KXAN.com. Marking a milestone, we'll meet a local woman who's celebrating a very special birthday, the secret she is sharing for a long and happy life. And an entertainment complex making a major change, what they're doing to address the growing demands from pickleball players. A Dripping Springs entertainment space is switching gears to lean all in to pickleball. Dreamland opened nearly two years ago as an outdoor venue with miniature golf, pickleball, and live music. The company announced last week that pickleball courts and private lessons would still be available while disc golf, miniature golf, and its bar would close to the public for the time being. In a statement, company officials said the closure would improve customer experience. They plan to open another or other amenities for their upcoming Dreamland days and other festivities. The venue will still be hosting currently booked events and taking reservations for future events. A UT alum and Texas veteran is adding a new title to his ranks, author. He has published a book detailing his 20-year career in the Air Force. Lieutenant Colonel David Dale published Ready for Takeoff, Stories from an Air Force Pilot. The book details his military career, including flight missions during Desert Storm and flying war commanders after 9-11. A lot of people have felt like my book is a time, time capsule of their career as well. So I'm just the one to put it down on paper, but we all experience the same missions, the same deployments uh, serving our country. So far, nearly 300 copies have been sold. We've got more on Lieutenant Colonel Dale's career and how to buy the book online at KXAN.com. We just experienced the third warmest first week of January on record in Austin history. These records go back to 1898 with an average temperature of 63.9 degrees. That includes the highs and lows. That's more than 10 degrees above the typical January average temperature of 52, of which it is our usual coolest month of the whole year. And look how those averages rise as we head through the coming months. We'll show you 80s in the forecast and whether we'll get any rain in first warning weather. It was a special celebration, a century in the making. Family, friends, and longtime church members literally sang the praises of Eisenetta Overton Bryant, who is celebrating her 100th birthday. Bryant was born and raised in Austin. She worked for an insurance company and later for Travis County and has been a member of the St. James Missionary Baptist Church for more than 70 years. Bryant credits her longevity to the way her parents raised her to serve God and to love others. I don't see well anymore. I don't hear well anymore. But I still love everybody. I love people. That is the trick right there, loving everybody. Bryant has four children, 15 grandchildren, several great and great great grandchildren. She even, Nick, has a great 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 
grandchild. Impressive. I was listening to her interview. That's quite the legacy that she uh, has there with all of those family members. She says she was just overwhelmed to see so many people coming from different parts of the country to celebrate her, which was nice. It must be hard remembering all those family members' names. Though. She did say she couldn't remember everybody's names, but that would ha with that many people, that would happen at any age. You know, yeah, I wouldn't. No I wouldn't say that was an age-related thing. No, no kidding at all. Hey, beautiful day out yeah. there here today. The only problem, of course, with the day like today is that you get the cedar jumping up. In fact, it jumped to very high today. Remember now, we can update you on the pollen throughout the weekend. We've got this special pollen sense equipment on top of our building here that we can get hourly ratings and updates here as far as the pollen is concerned. So no longer will we leave you high and dry on the weekend without pollen information. You can, of course, see it on KXAN.com under the algae page. Uh, mold is at medium, but it's on its way down from yesterday. This is how it looks in Round Rock from our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies camera. Beautiful if you're okay with uh, the cedar pollen and that is a lot of sunshine. 60s across the state. Of course, we are a bit cooler than we were yesterday. We're going to be in for a cool night as we drop through the 60s into the 50s and 40s by the time you start your Monday morning. Monday afternoon will be almost to 70, forecasting a high of 69. That is still above average for this time of year. Across the state, we're starting to see some clouds coming in from the west of us. Of course, we had a cold front that moved through last night that brought some of us some spotty showers and thunderstorms in the middle of the night and at times yesterday, but those are now long gone and we're not expecting much in the way of wet weather over the next week. We are going to notice some changes though tonight. Clouds are going to be on the increase here from the west and southwest. That's going to give us a cloudier start to the day tomorrow. But as we go through the day, we're going to lose the clouds slowly but surely. Sun and clouds at noon and then turning mostly sunny to at least more sun than clouds here as we head through the end of the afternoon as skies clear into tomorrow evening. Tuesday, some low clouds and fog to begin your day before that erodes away and gives us plenty of sunshine for the afternoon. And we expect a similar setup as we head into Wednesday. We start with a lot of low clouds and fog, but then we all turn sunny here by the second half of the day. So our forecast tonight, gradually increasing clouds, another cool type of night, but a dry night with a low of 46. And then a lot of clouds tomorrow morning, but more sun later in the day. Highs of 69. It'll be a cooler day compared to what's coming. Look at this. Tuesday, a high of 80, and Wednesday, the temperatures peak at 82 before a cold front Thursday drops us down to 68. But it's going to feel a little more spring-like here over the next few days. That's also going to introduce a bit more humidity Monday, Tuesday into Wednesday before that drops off with that late-week cold front. Will we get any rain out of that cold front? Not thinking so. We've only got a 10% rain chance late Wednesday night to early Thursday morning. Otherwise, just some scattered clouds and sunshine here most of the week. Friday, mostly sunny, 66. Saturday, 68 and sunshine, 70 sun and clouds on Sunday. Every single day of our seven-day at or well above average temperatures. And the week beyond the seven-day calls for warmer than normal conditions as well. So we had the third warmest first week of January. Don't be surprised if those numbers stay up there for at least a good majority of the month. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Entering today, the Cowboys had the chance to not only clinch the division, they could have earned the number one seed in the NFC. They just needed losses from the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, both teams who were favored against their opponents, the New York Giants and the Arizona Cardinals, respectively. Well, it was a nasty first half for the Cowboys, but they were able to get a touchdown near the end of the first half. It is 13-6 Washington right now, just 92 passing yards. For Dak Prescott, just 41 rushing yards for the Cowboys. Washington's got the football right now in the third quarter.
air. So Cowboys hoping to uh, pull this one out in Maryland. What a game for the Houston Texans facing the Indianapolis Colts. Sam Ellinger getting the start for the Colts. Look good right here. This pass to Moeley Cox for the touchdown in the fourth quarter to give the Colts the 28-24 lead. Texans st still down here. Davis Mills on fourth and 20, scrambling, looking for someone, and he finds Jordan Aikens, even though it was pretty much by surprise. All those blue jerseys couldn't come up with that one. And yeah, Colts fans saying this is kind of how it's been this year. Then Texans going for two, though, and Aikens with the catch there. And how about that? Houston takes the 32-31 lead. Much to the chagrin of Jeff Saturday and also Houston Texans fans. Get to that in a second. Sam Ellinger, one last chance, but it falls short. Houston wins 32-31, but they won't get the number one pick. That goes to the Chicago Bears. So interesting strategy there from Lovey Smith. All right, first game back for the Bills since the DeMar Hamlin injury. They dedicated this game to him. And how about this? Opening kickoff, Naheem Hines gets to the outside. And once he crosses the 40 here, it's evident no one's going to catch him. That is a touchdown on the opening kickoff for the Buffalo Bills. They go crazy there. What a way to pay homage to DeMar Hamlin. Naheem Hines wasn't done, though. He would return this one for 101 yards for the touchdown there. The Bills get the victory 35 to 23 over the New England Patriots. Great, uh, great moment in there up there in Buffalo. The Philadelphia Eagles are up right now 16-0 on the New York Giants. If these results hold up, the Eagles will win the division and get the number one seed, which will result in a first-round bye for Philly. Dallas will play Tampa Bay in a rematch of the season opener in the playoffs next week. Time and day to be determined. Well, a good day for Texas basketball on Saturday. We'll hear more from the Longhorns on their bounce-back victory over Oklahoma State when sports continues. Keep it here. In the past week, Texas has been through a loss and the firing of their head coach, Chris Beard. As a matter of fact, this hasn't been an easy month for the Longhorns, let alone an easy week. But Texas looked pretty good on Saturday. Things were pretty bright for them as they rebounded from their loss to beat a tough Oklahoma State team on the road. It was the kind of performance that Texas hopes to continue to have throughout the season with their defense leading the way. Rodney Terry, proud of his team for their perseverance over these last few days and weeks. I'm proud of our guys, and I've said that to them the other day. You know, uh, probably more than any team in the country, this group here has really stuck together, and, you know, they persevered through some adversity and some challenges, and, you know, they stayed together. They really focused on what they could control, and, uh, and I think just kind of locked in and enjoyed playing with each other and being around each other every day. And so, you know, they've been a, a really fun group to continue to work with, and, uh, you know, I still think we haven't played our best basketball. I think our ceiling's still half of this team. Uh, and everything, but I give those guys tremendous credit. Texas will have another doozy in the tough Big 12 coming up on Wednesday. The Longhorns will take on TCU. The Horn Frogs lost to Iowa State on a last-second three, so they'll have just a little extra motivation coming off of a loss. That game tips off at the Moody Center Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. That's it for sports. We're back with more after this. Looks like our warm weather is going to continue. In fact, it's even going to get warmer than we've oh, had uh, yeah. today in the next few days. Yeah, if you've been doing sort of the t-shirt, long pants combo or yeah. the shorts and long sleeves, you know, one or the other, I think you can get away with the shorts and short sleeves by the middle of the week. Tomorrow won't be that warm, kind of like today. A lot of clouds in the morning, more sun in the afternoon as we head for 69 degrees later in the day. And then here comes the warmth, Tuesday, Wednesday, low 80s both days. 
Both days start with fog and some low clouds and tons of sun in the afternoon. And then we're back in the 60s starting Thursday. All right, thanks, Nick. And thank you for watching, everyone. Have a great evening. Hope to see you right back here after football.